Welcome to the Pre-Snap Podcast presented by Line Star. I'm Shannon Somerville here with Tyler Weeman. Man, NFL season is right around the corner now, just sure weeks is. away. I know a lot of you guys are getting ready for your fantasy football draft, so we're here to help you today. Going to give you an update on what's been going on in terms of injuries, in terms of depth chart movement, mm -hmm. and in terms of where players are coming in in terms of their ADP on underdog and some of the drafts that have been going on so we can talk about some of the trends we're seeing now early in some of the fantasy football drafts which will be super helpful for you if you're getting ready for yours we always recommend you try underdog best ball drafts mm -hmm. not only is it just a lot of fun but it's a great way to get some practice in before your league long fan season long mm -hmm. fantasy draft starts you want to be able to talk shit to all your friends <laughs> gotta be pre prepared for it $2 million in prizes, too. That doesn't hurt as well. Nope. First place gets $2 million, $10 million in total prizes for Underdog Sports. The link to that is below. Remember, use promo code LINESTAR with it, and you'll get your deposit matched up to $100 plus three free months of LINESTAR. Pretty good so deal if there. if you deposit $100, you get your match. That's mm -hmm. 200 bucks. That is eight chances at $2 million. <laughs> there you go. And be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got a lot of content coming out lately and even more come football season. So you'll want to keep up with our videos. Make sure to like and subscribe to the Line Star YouTube channel. We also have a special guest today on the pod. Mm -hmm. Really looking forward to speaking with John Scott is a sports anchor in Buffalo. He's been covering the Bills for over eight years. And if anyone has insight into the Buffalo Bills, and a couple position battles that we're watching in terms of fantasy, it's him. So he's going to give us some great insight into what's been going on in camp. And also the futures market for the mm -hmm. Bills because they're the favorites for the Super Bowl. So we got to get his take on, yeah, on all that. I'm excited to talk to yeah. him and get a couple uh, questions answered. Oh, yeah. We got yeah. questions and he's got the answers. So stay tuned for that. We'll start things off with some NFL news. The biggest news of the week, mm -hmm. of course, was Deshaun Watson and the NFL settling on 11 games mm -hmm. suspension. And a $5 million fine. $5 million fine. fine. Yes. Mandatory evaluation and treatment. Goodell said, Deshaun has committed to doing the hard work on himself that is necessary for his return to the NFL. However, hours later, Deshaun seemed to backpedal on all of the contrition he showed the week before. In that interview, um, I believe it was pregame before it, their preseason game. Yeah, it was a press conference mm -hmm. after. And so, obviously, that's the big storyline right now. I mean, we'll get into the fantasy implications mm -hmm. of what that means. But I think the first and foremost is it's been a disappointing week for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I. it's one, it's surprising to see the NFL settle. Mm -hmm. Um. And then right after they settle, he just kind of steps on them, just saying that he's innocent. Right. And he's been innocent. I can't imagine the shield looks too fondly on him now after, I wouldn't say coming to his defense, but coming to this agreement mm -hmm. where he has accepted that he would take some sort of accountability, I guess, yes. in, in that. Well, and yes. And the thing that is so hard about it for me it's not like it's one or two, you know, there were 60 plus he's settled with 
over 20 different women on the same exact thing. When there's smoke, there's fire. To your point, regardless of the criminal case and, mm-hmm. and all that, to have all these complaints, and at the very least, it was inappropriate. 100%. And to have absolutely, to think, to just think you did absolutely nothing. I just think, I don't know who's advising Deshaun in this moment. They should be fired. I think it's important for him to recognize, I mean, at this point, it's clear he's not recognizing that that behavior is. Yeah inappropriate Uh, and the scary thing to me is that obviously the browns did their due diligence beforehand and the fact that they were willing to work with deshaun's watson to pretty much not pay him this year Mm -hmm. like in my eyes like browns are just letting it be okay yeah i I didn't appreciate the press conference with the owners where the message to women was basically, you know, uh, yeah, with uh, move on. <laughs> Haslam's wife right next to him when he's saying it, or right next to Watson. But uh, it was but like, yeah. have you ever had, I don't know, told a woman to calm down? <laughs> the reaction is never actually calming down, right? No, no. So. No. I know that in just seeing the Twitter reaction and everything, it infuriated a lot of women. And you know what I feel bad for is the Cleveland Browns fans because how tough is that as a fan? Be like, oh, it's hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they have so many pieces of a very good team, you know, where like Watson could put them over the edge a little bit, but, you know. Hopefully not this year. And I'm all about people redeeming themselves for their wrongdoings and everything like that. But you can't even get there until you admit that there's a problem, right? So That's true. That's true. It was disappointing. uh, I should also note that I covered Deshaun Watson for probably the, you know, three, two, three years in Clemson when I was a local reporter there. He couldn't be... More nice, more friendly. I, the nicest guy. Yeah, that's great what's guy. So which was to me. so disheartening yeah. when all this came out. It's like a gut punch. Yeah, because you're like, wait, you know what is this? Yeah, who was the guy that I actually talked to yeah. and covered then? And this is awful. And you're trying to. But that was his college to years it. too. Sure. It was prior to him making the NFL and being elite quarterback in the NFL. As we've mentioned before, there can be like a godlike complex that they some of these athletes get, where you know they can't be wrong or they can't be caught. Yeah, uh, we talked about about to uh, about Tatis this week on the mm-hmm. On Deck podcast, and it is rearing its head again here on the pre-step. As hard as it is to kind of reconcile what I knew of him and mm-hmm. then what he's being accused of, I can't not look at the evidence of these women and mm-hmm. and it's at the you know yeah i he wasn't charged criminally yeah. so you know it's it's unfortunate that our justice system is we're not going to get the closure that i think yes. all parties n- want or need 
I also imagine being one of the victims in this situation and kind of hearing Deshaun's words. They were just a bit callous. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That would be the worst. It, yeah. So that's kind of where we stand on that. So, but even though it is a serious matter, we got to get a little more lighthearted. Yeah. I know. Now it's time to talk football. We got to talk football. So Watson is out 11 weeks. Yes. His fantasy value drops because mm-hmm. he's going to be out that long. From a best ball standpoint, maybe not that bad. I don't know. Where do you see? He's going late enough where I could see taking some shots there. Uh, you would absolutely have to have two other quarterbacks in that right. situation. But yeah, I don't I don't mind it. Do it th- in the draft we did, like, I really like our team still. Mm-hmm. Like, I know when we did it, we were hoping for six games. But yeah, he's at 11 now. It's just so unfortunate. You know, this whole situation has just been unfortunate from yeah. the NFL side of this punishment where, you know, Calvin Ridley gambles mm-hmm. on his on a game and gets a year long suspension yes. and then so it just it, and there's josh gordon yeah. too however with josh gordon it's not only weed i know that's what's being put all over social media you know that he's had all this time out which yes weed was a big factor in it but there was other things there too. yeah so sorry i'm still lamenting on it it's just been a very i it's all uh, over the news and yes it's well, and I know in talking to you this upsetting. week, it is upsetting to you, but not only is it upsetting as a woman, it's also that you covered Watson and thought fondly of him, mm-hmm. thought he was a nice guy, thought he was a decent guy, but you know, it's uh, yeah, it's not looking like yeah. he's as nice as we all thought he was. You can only hope that I don't know. He has a moment of clarity at some point. I mean, you just hope that the behavior doesn't continue, which. Yeah. Uh, The thing is, it's like if you are running an organization, do you want somebody that makes these type of decisions being your quarterback? And then after having to deal with all the consequences, still say you never did anything? Yeah. I mean, that 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 is the one thing that just really just you know, oh, wait it's my, like i feel it in my gut like his just job. say if you don't you know i said that earlier <clears throat> this week i was like if you don't have anything nice to say like golden rule don't say it <clears throat> if you're not going to be mm-hmm. apologetic or <clears throat> contrite in your response yep. don't say anything because that's kind of a not only <clears throat> is it you just made a deal with the nfl yeah and it's going against what your word against them right yes that you and then it's also think about the victims who are hearing you that kind of disconnect i it's hard to reconcile can't feel can't imagine what it would have been felt like with those victims it would have been such a gut punch hearing those words coming out of his mouth um hopefully they got paid off very well in the settlement yeah you know so at least they would have that but you know, <clears throat> moral of the story in my eyes is you don't pay 20 plus uh, women off t- and then say you're innocent. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Great point there. So. All right. Let's put a pin in that discussion. Yep. And start talking about 
some players and some injury report. We're going to go to Dr. Chow and the pro football docs mm -hmm. for this. And we're going to first take a look at the Rams running back room. All of a sudden, a little thin. Ram, yeah. uh, Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson Jr. both suffered soft tissue injuries over the weekend, out for an undetermined period of time. Now, pro football doc weighs in on it. He says, while the specific nature and severity of the injuries are not clear, any muscle strains this close to the season puts the backs at risk of being inactive or ineffective week one. And I thought that was a really great analysis there for everyone. It is. The other part of that is the psychology of them will be to do whatever they can to get ready and play week one. Mm -hmm. Now, if they are hurt and they play hurt, they could just extend that yeah. injury life a little bit longer where they're just ineffective. So watching the news here is going to be big. Yeah. You see players a lot try to tough through, but it ends up only mm -hmm. hurting them more in the long run. Mm -hmm. So next on the depth chart would be Jake Funk and um, Karen Williams, who actually suffered a broken foot early June. Um, but apparently he's looking good, taking handoffs from Matt Stafford. Yeah, so we'll back. see what he's got. Yeah. And, and, uh, interesting while we're on the Rams too, is it seems like Stafford's elbow issue isn't as big of an issue as we thought. Right. So that's always good news yeah. for the Rams. We were a bit concerned with that being that, you know, any elbow injury I hear about, I, yeah. you know, it's always, especially when you're throwing out Tommy John. Yeah. yeah. It's always concerning there. However, you know, it's bad news though. Oh, I knew. Mm -hmm. Bad for your Jets. <laughs> That's right. Zach Wilson. Although he did have successful meniscus surgery. Mm -hmm. So really interesting article, article on SixScore.com about mm -hmm. how it could have been a lot worse. So we got to see the positive side of things here. They say because this game was played at Eagle Stadium, which had new sod in it. So the sod was very loose and hadn't been used yet mm -hmm. and i don't know if you've ever been skiing or anything but they say loose bindings sometimes save your acl mm -hmm. if you're ever in an injury and it's a little bit like that so they said if that kind of say that might have saved his acl which i thought was really interesting. interesting so they definitely dodged a bullet with that it just being the meniscus so and i've uh, heard some varying reports there as far as amount of time out right yeah so. we've heard That'll be Flacco week one. However, mm -hmm. Salah says if Zach's ready to play, he's going to be the week one starter. He could just, you know. Key word, though, is if. If. Exactly. Yeah. So it is coach speak. Exactly. Probably going to be Flacco. But it's not going to really change your season either yep. way, sorry to say. From one New York quarterback to another, we're talking Daniel Jones. A few headlines this week mm -hmm. when he told reporters he had a non-football-related injury this offseason. So he came into the locker room. He had a scar. Um, around his Adam's apple, which can sometimes indicate some kind of a neck surgery. And I'm not sure if they were asked, he was mm -hmm. asked about it, but apparently it's not related to the previous neck strain that he did have. <laughs> and pro football docs say uh, the likely procedure was to a thyroid or parathyroid just based on their knowledge of yeah. where the incision would be. Anyways, that's probably nothing to be concerned about with Daniel Jones. So if you, there was any hesitation there, it doesn't look like it will affect his performance or um, ability to go. Michael Thomas was upgraded on six score, mm -hmm. 59 to 77. There were previous concerns. He'd start on the pup list, but hey, pro football docs think he's way beyond that hurdle. 
And so a lot of times what they do at Six Score is they evaluate a lot of the video that's coming out at training Mm -hmm. camps and they can kind of tell if guys are favoring one leg or the other or not able to cut as, you know, Mm -hmm. as sharp as they used to be. But they do say Thomas appears to still favor his left side, but he is able to plant and cut well on both feet. So that's something that he couldn't do a few months ago that we're starting to see now. So his Mm. health score has been increased on their website. So that's good news. That is good news. And especially if you're fantasy, keep that in mind. And we've got Seattle Seahawks rookie Kenneth Walker III. Carol said he suffered a hernia thing. <laughs> so the pro, very technical yeah. there, Pete Carroll. But pro football docs believe Walker will more than likely undergo a sports hernia repair surgery that'll keep him out eight weeks and could land him on the short-term IR. Those kinds of injuries are not easy or quick to come back from. Hernias aren't fun. Nope. I so. had one. I named it Brutus. <laughs> you but, uh... <laughs> but yeah yep so they're not fun huh? they're not they're not fun all right so that's something to <clears> note <throat> there uh and Pen- <clears throat> rashad penny is right. also a little banged yeah up. so but it looks like he's gonna be fine okay good to know there for fantasy mm-hmm. purposes chiefs wide receiver mccall hardman had a groin injury in wednesday's practice he will miss at minimum the remainder of the preseason there's not a ton on this last I checked no and I know they did an MRI I haven't seen anything I believe it was on a catch Uh, it was it was on a catch um so at first they said it was a serious injury then they came out saying it was only groin spasms which I don't know what that even (laughs) really means we're not doctors if you can't tell (laughs) and saying a groin spasm Makes my mind do all sorts of funny things. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we're not really that clear what's going on here. They, uh, I know Dr. Chow did say that they wouldn't be having an MRI if it was just groin yeah. spasms. Well, he's going to be on the so. show on Monday, so we'll have to yeah. ask him more about what he thinks about that. Because he's supposed to be one of the deep ball threats this year for the Chiefs. So that I'm an MBS. Yep. yep. J.K. Dobbins is back at practice, uncertain if he'll start the season, but he does look closer to returning than his teammate, Mm. Gus Edwards. We've kind of just been keeping an eye on what is going on with the Ravens running back situation, and I know that's an important one for daily fantasy and Mm -hmm. season-long fantasy. So it's kind of just a wait-and-watch-and-see situation. Because at some one point we thought Edwards would be back sooner. So we're just kind of... I guess everyone's health timeline's a little different. Yeah, it looks like Dobbins will definitely be back first. He, from what I see, it should be playing week one. Okay. Uh, Effective-wise, who knows? Right, exactly. Keyword there is effective. Yeah. Now we're going to take a look at ADP Movers, who's Mm -hmm. basically been going up and down in terms of daily fantasy drafts. We are basing this off of underdog fantasy's best Mm -hmm. ball where people are drafting them. So just taking a look at the overall trends and Tyler's been mm-hmm. digging through some of the I'm stats addicted. on this. Yes. yes had so a couple I'm best ball drafts. New I'm addicted hobby. to it. And uh, it's, a lot it's of not fun. like I'm the only one on the show that is. <laughs> True. Uh, you got me addicted. Yeah. Love so ball. Link is below if you want to try that. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, yeah, we can start off in, you know, Back into the first, sure. early second round, C.D. Lamb and Joe Mixon have kind of moved up, moved around a little bit. Mixon is up, Lamb is down. Mm-hmm. Um, That's interesting to me. 
Yes, it is. Yes and no. Mm-hmm. I think as we get more information on all these running backs, the running backs are probably going to come up a little bit. Okay. Um, as we know, that is one of the positions that it's all about volume. Yeah. So as long as, you know, we're seeing the guys start getting the roles that we're expecting, I think some of the running backs will move up again. And I think that's what happened here. Interesting to me, though, that Lamb is moving down because mm. CD is the only guy they have. Now, best ball is half PPR, mm. correct? It is half, yes. Is that worth noting in terms of the CD Lamb-Joe Mixon flip? Uh, I A little bit, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like CD. Mm-hmm. I think he has some upside. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Mixon was great Especially last year. Especially now with Cooper gone. Like, yeah. He's going to – Dak's going to have somebody to throw to. There, there's not a the huge – Yeah, and there's not a huge move here. It's it's really it's if you need yeah. to draft a, a running back, you're going to go here. If you need to draft a wide receiver, you're going to go there. So Another interesting one, Alvin Kamara <clears throat> was, is 21 to 19. Now, this one's ex- interesting to me. Very. Uh, obviously, he has his court case thing. We still have all the uncertainty there. Right. So he's moving up with that uncertainty. Yeah. That court case was originally supposed to be at the beginning of August and got postponed. (laughs) And now we're kind of unclear. Whereas we thought before it might have been wrapped up at the Mm -hmm. beginning of August, we would know, okay, he's going to get a four-game suspension at the beginning of the season, in which case he would still be useful for fantasy purposes. Mm -hmm. In the most important stretch of the season. Yes. And now we have at least two more months, I think, Mm -hmm. until we figure out what's going on with him. So a lot in the air. So why do you think he's going up instead of down? I think people are thinking that it's going to be a next year problem, not this Mm -hmm. year. Yeah. So there's no way people are taking him at 19 if they think he's not going to be there for playoffs. Exactly. So, And as we've seen, the wheels of justice turn slow at times versus yes. these cases yes and i mean there's appeal process right. and then after the court case the nfl is gonna right. figure out so it could be drawn out yeah usually the nfl doesn't even weigh in until all of that has exactly been concluded. so all right next up go ahead yeah we have uh we have godwin and michael thomas both moving up a little bit as we talk michael mm-hmm. thomas getting a little healthier godwin we've kind of seen the same here Mm-hmm. So, uh, what are you thinking? Both monsters that, yeah, if they're healthy, you need them in your lineup. <laughs> yeah, right? it, it's gonna... question mark. Thomas is obviously a way bigger question mark. He's going later in the draft too than than Godwin. That should be noted. But, um, but yeah, I mean Godwin's a beast mm-hmm. when yeah. healthy. So hopefully, uh, he's he's there or almost there. Brandon Ayuk getting some uh, steam up two spots. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, not okay. up a ton yet. Just not two? up a ton. Just two. Okay. Just two. Just inching forward. Uh, the one thing, though, is that it's it's really he has been in Shanahan's doghouse now with Shanahan really focusing on him the last couple uh, mm-hmm. preseasons. And now Ayuk is saying he's finally out. So hopefully we're going to see a little bit of Ayuk, Ayuk being released the last two seasons the end of the year, he's done really good. Hopefully, that can come up a little bit in yeah, the beginning of the year. Yeah, absolutely. 49ers so. are a team for running backs. 
and that the, can put up some points. And the thing we've seen about I, uh, Lance is he has a good deep deep ball, so okay. it could be nice to see those two match up a little bit. There you go. And speaking of running backs. Speaking of running backs, Antonio Gibson down seven spots. Yes. Well, he had a terrible preseason. He had a fumble. Yes. Right? He has had a bad preseason. Now we should bring up all three of these guys mm-hmm. being Brian Robinson up sure. 15, J.D. McKissick up eight spots. That's all with Gibson so. coming down. Uh, yeah, because Ron, Rive- Ron Rivera, you know, with the Panthers, mm-hmm. he's going to give the ball to people he trusts. And yep. if you if you're out there, he's just not going to. I I think this is going towards a full blown committee. Yes, that's kind of what I, I thought, especially in Carolina when you had uh, uh, Stewart and a couple other guys. Mm-hmm. They were just now, sharing a lot of the carries. I I think Gibson absolutely has the most upside of them, mm-hmm. and that if he continues to fall. I might have to take some stabs okay. at him because um, I could see very well that he's in the doghouse for the first half of the season. But gets it together. But gets it together. Exactly. All right. Kenneth Walker down mm-hmm. six spots. Of course, we talked about him yep. and the injury. So, And with that, that Penny, a- Penny has stayed about the same. Mm-hmm. They're both going around right around the same. Walker's obviously his injury issues. Uh, Damian Pierce is up nine spots. Mm-hmm. Ooh, big mover there. Yeah, Houston uh, uh, reports out of camp are saying that he is by far the best running back, most well-rounded. Okay, there so, you go. Not sure totally what to do with that, but right. I mean, it is a Houston running that, game. Yeah, the, that's <clears> true. <throat> yeah. Hardman, we spoke about. He's down yes. six spots. Mm-hmm. We're not sure what that injury is going to be looking like, Yes, if it's significant or not. It's really been no word on that yet. And the thing that I really wanted to talk about here that I thought was interesting is MVS has not moved. Hmm. We have the Juju knee issues. We have McCole Hardman moving down because he got hurt. Sky Moore is just a rookie. Don't really know what we can expect from him, which, by the way, he hasn't really moved. Um, and MVS hasn't moved. If these two other wide receivers are banged up, MBS should probably should, be moving up be a little bit. Yeah. I'm sure we'll see that trend. I can't <clears> imagine <throat> unless it comes out that Hardman is fine and he's going to go. I, yes, but still, I think that MBS is probably the better receiver than Hardman. The mm-hmm. one thing that Hardman has is he's been in this system sure. for multiple years now. For everybody else, it's new. Mm-hmm. So that is one reason why they could rely a little bit on Hardman. I agree, though. MBS. So. Man. He's pretty good, too. He is, as long as he doesn't drop that ball. (laughs) Like, the next guy won't. Oh, he sure won't. (laughs) My favorite guy, I think, this this offseason has been George Pickens. Yep. It's also fun when you say a player at the beginning before preseason even starts, like, watch out for this guy, and it becomes true, and then you feel even better about yourself (laughs) because you got one right. (laughs) Even though he hasn't played a a snap. He's a dog. That's why I he, like him. Bulldog, it seems, Georgia seems like he's great. Uh, my worry again, still like yeah. it has been the whole time. A lot of mouths to feed in that offense. Quarterback position is meh. Yeah. So, but as far as a prospect, he from a talent level, great. yes. But if it gets too high for me in terms of yes. daily fantasy, 
I mean, I remember the draft that we did. I thought I had to take them yeah. a lot earlier than yeah. I wanted to. Uh, I just, I'm kind of a homer with that stuff. Yeah. So I had to get my Georgia Bulldogs in my lineup. Now we have another kind of preseason darling here with mm. Romeo Dobbs. He's up seven points or seven spots. His value just keeps skyrocketing. It's crazy how much it's came up. With saying that, we should also bring up that Christian Watson is down four points. Okay. Uh, Watson just got back to practice. Okay. He was out. He is now healthy and practicing and starting to try and build some rapport. Uh, it's interesting to me that Watson's still falling. He's the higher draft pick. Hmm. Do you think so. that's a Aaron Rodgers factor? I in think terms it is. Of he said something to the media yes. about him, and then it just blows 100%. up. Hundred yeah. percent. Uh, in Dobson or in uh, Watson's first practices, there was a couple moments where beat writers said he looked great. Got long balls from from Rogers. Well, then uh, Rogers ripped them all, right? Didn't he? He did. Then he ripped them all. Them. Um, which also I'll throw in there now. Randall Cobb is pretty much free in drafts. Wow. And if there is yep. issues in this wide receiver core, gotta believe that him and Lazard are gonna be the mm -hmm. targets. Totally. Great point there. All right, Galladay down six mm -hmm. spots. What gives with that one? Uh, he might be the worst signing the Giants have ever had. <laughs> <laughs> it this is just it's bad and it just keeps getting worse. Uh, you don't think an improved offense will help things? It it could, it could, but I think Tony, I think Tony is going to be the number one there. Mm -hmm. I think he's the most electric guy they have. Um. Galladay could be all right. I personally, I'm not touching him. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. I don't trust him. <laughs> we don't. So. I, I don't trust them only from personal experience. Well, it's Saquon. That was a different, completely different issue. Yeah. yeah. Just hurt. That's okay. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of another New York team, it's your Super Bowl favorites. There's some battles going on. We got Isaiah McKenzie up six spots. Mm -hmm. Jamison Crowder down nine spots to yeah. 191. What do you make of this? And we so, will hear from our experts yes, coming up. Yes, and this is one of the questions mm -hmm. we want to talk about here is that battle for the third spot. Now, McKenzie got some real buzz early in camp, but Crowder was out during that. Mm -hmm. They signed Crowder for that third spot. So I, I don't mind taking some late picks with Crowder. Yeah. We we do not know who's going to be the guy out of those. Yeah. So I I like taking uh taking some taking some taking shots. Taking some chances, yeah. especially in best ball. Well, and it's I mean there's also injuries throughout the year, yeah. so in in best ball it's like why not go after yeah. what is projected to be the best offense. Well, we will find out from our Bills expert in just a little bit. So sure will. tune in for that interview. Isaiah Pacheco, you mm -hmm. said this a few weeks ago, he and sure going. enough, he is up 17 spots. Yeah, he is climbing crazy That's quick. That's the biggest mover I think we've talked about it so is. far. It is, and the thing is that he's moved like every week he's been doing this. Now, uh, he's taken first-team reps in the first game. He had some first-team reps. Right. Uh, we all know CEH is going to be the number one coming 
mm-hmm. into the season, or most likely. If it's not him, it would be a huge shock. Yeah. But we've also seen he's not that good. And a lot of buzz about Pacheco. So So Ronald Jones out of the equation there? I think so. Yeah. I, I think he's going to get cut. Sure looks that way Wait, so far. I, I would rather McKinnon, Pacheco, and CEH on my team mm-hmm. than Rojo. Next up, Deshaun Watson down mm-hmm. nine spots. No surprise. Right, given yeah. the 11 game mm-hmm. suspension. He he could he probably falls a little more than that. Mm-hmm. So, Baker Mayfield up yep. five spots. And this yep. is the whole reason it's here. He's he has yours. been named the starter. He's expected to start week yeah. 1. So, that like we've battle. been saying. And wasn't much it wasn't of a battle. Really a battle. But hey, it was a They framed it up that way, however. <laughs> I think Yeah. Darnold already had his audition with the Panthers last season. It's I don't know exactly if anything's changed thing. since then. I I think they probably framed it as a battle only to make sure that uh, Baker was healthy. He wasn't True. good last year when he was not healthy. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. It, it could have just been that. And so. Spiller, yes. your boy. He's down five He's spots. He's down five spots. Mm-hmm. Kelly going undrafted. So, beat reporters mm-hmm. are saying that Kelly is the number two for now. Hmm. And with that, Austin Eckler had an interview with oh. uh, the fantasy footballers where he said that Kelly is working I behind I totally him. thought it was going to be Spiller. That's so... Uh, it's just that he's a rookie. Yeah. So, so I, that's are probably you, part of it. Are you taking Kelly now? Are we taking him? I will take him at the back end of my drafts Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, If Spiller isn't the number two, he's going way too high right now. Yeah. It it doesn't mean that Spiller won't end up getting that. We thought that he would be number two weeks ago. We we thought Spiller would be. Um, Well, and it's it's the fact that they use draft capital to him. But mm-hmm. Kelly, they used draft capital for just the year before. So sure. it's uh, it, it's an interesting thing to monitor. Uh, that number two spot for the Chargers is potentially a big spot. If oh, yeah. Eckler gets hurt. Absolutely. There's a lot. And Huge if Eckler spot. gets hurt, there's a good chance both these guys are playing. Mm-hmm. And it's a committee. It's not just one. So, so either way, a good option there late in best ball drafts. Yep. Now, so that's kind of a look at the ADP. We'll keep mm-hmm. an eye on that movement in terms of the fantasy drafts. And now we're going to take a look at some of the depth chart and some of the position battles that have been going on in camp and kind of go over sort of the updates that we've heard. Mm-hmm. First, the Seattle quarterback battle, Drew Locker, Geno Smith. It appears that Geno Smith is actually the one who's been. Yes. The guy there. But Drew Lock has COVID. Okay. So the way Pete Carroll speaks about Gino, though, I, I think it's his job to lose. It seems like there's more trust in Gino Smith at this point, and I think he yeah. values consistency over Drew Locke, which is he's can be a little bit more risky. Uh, yes, higher. and that Gino was in the system last yes. year. Yes, it's a new system for Locke. Mm-hmm. Um, Gino's a little better using his legs than Locke, so. I I think there's more ways that Gino can win the job. He's obviously the the headliner now. He's the likely one. 
Yep. So hope he doesn't flip off any fans in Seattle like he did to the Jets fans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe Don't do the that. Jets fans had it coming to him. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> We're a little hard on it. New York fans are tough, man. Yep. I would not want to be a player in New York. I'm too yeah. sensitive for that. Steelers quarterback battle. We got Kenny Pickett versus Mitch Trubisky. Now Pickett had a good first showing. What do you think? It's I think just, it's still Trubisky. Yeah. I, they don't have much reason to rush, rush yeah, uh, exactly. Pickett in. So I it, I would not be surprised if halfway through the season it goes to Pickett, mm-hmm. um, especially if Trubisky is struggling at all. Uh, the next couple we've kind mm-hmm. of gone over in yep. terms of the ADP, so we'll just briefly. So Chargers back up running back. Keep an eye on that spot. It's mm-hmm. looking like it's more Joshua Kelly than it is Isaiah Spiller. So Kelly mm-hmm. had a great game, 44 yards, six touches. So like you mentioned, the beat reporters are really high on Kelly right now. Yeah. And Isaiah Pacheco, also one that's been moving up a lot. Quarterback, and it looks like Ronald Jones is out of the equation at this I, point. I think so. And the note you have here as far as that he was used mm-hmm. at the goal line mm-hmm. in the first preseason drive is huge to me. Mm-hmm. We have seen that CEH – is not good at rushing touchdowns oh, mm-hmm. inside the five at the goal line. And so uh, if Pacheco – and he has great hands too. If they start using him there, mm-hmm. it's it's a big one. So it could be a great option for fantasy. Mm-hmm. We have Panthers quarterback. Obviously, that's now looking in like officially Baker Mayfield's mm-hmm. job. We can kind of move on from calling that a battle. Washington running back. We talked about Antonio Gibson. Yeah. He's definitely at risk of losing snaps to um, the running backs we talked about, but yeah, rookie it, Brian Robinson as well. I don't know if there is one player that has had worse camp experience than Antonio Gibson <laughs> Antonio this year. Gibson. He has yeah. been struggling. Yep. Uh, played with the backups in the preseason opener and lost a fumble, mm-hmm. which was a problem for him last season. Uh and the other day in practice, he was working with the special teams. Interesting. Like, you don't do that to your starting right. running back. Mm-hmm. There's some issues going on there. Worth noting, some positive news out of camp is that A.J. Brown, the reports, Eagles reporters are electric about him. Like, they're mm-hmm. so excited about him. A.J. Brown just dominating the Eagles cornerbacks. Yeah, those cornerbacks for the Eagles, yeah, they're, they're good. pretty good. Darius Slay, James Bradbury. Mm -hmm. So Brown's burning him up in practice. Brown's a beast, man. So that's kind of exciting. It is. It is. Hopefully Hurts can get him the ball. (laughs) Although he he gets super open and he makes plays. So I'm I'm excited to watch that one. Travis Etienne Mm -hmm. had 10 touches in the first quarter of the game. This is a player I've been really high on. I think especially for PPR. I think he's going to be great for that. Yeah. and I got to give you your props here. I have been coming around on him a little bit more. Feeling the hype well, a little bit. Welcome to the uh, Travis Etienne train. You, you've nailed Etienne. You've nailed Pickens. It's just from, you know, college football. <laughs> I watch so much college football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so less, at least it comes in handy every once in a while. It sure does. Harif Hassan of The Athletic says Adam Thielen is looking like he did during his 2016-2018 prime I know you and I have talked about how excited we are for this Vikings offense. Yes, and I I am actually really excited for Thielen. I think he's going a little too late. We know he's great in the red zone. I, the offense is exciting. I'm 
I'm excited for Thielen. I think he's going a little too late. I've been taking him in way too many drafts. So a lot of storylines that we will need to keep an eye mm-hmm. on. Joining us now on the pre-snap podcast is John Scott. He's a sports anchor at YNN Buffalo, been covering the Buffalo Bills for over eight years, right, John? That's correct. January 2014. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining the pre-snap podcast. We appreciate it. Now, my first question to you. It's a real hard one. You were voted most musical in high school. Uh, you can find him singing when he isn't reporting, according to your bio on the website. So my biggest question is, what is your favorite song to sing? And what genre? It's actually, so I'm a big fan of the 90s. Uh, pretty have, I'm pretty well-versed. I can sing a lot of things, whether that's like rock, Foo Fighters, Pearl Jam, things like that. I also like more of, you know, acoustic type things, Matchbox 20, Goo Goo Dolls gin blossoms things like that ironically i'd say my my go-to is slide by the goo goo dolls who interestingly enough are from buffalo so it's a nice little tie in there that uh ironically enough my wheelhouse in terms of karaoke happens to be right in line with one of the more (laughs) famous groups and and things that have come out of this city i didn't know the goo goo dolls were from there is that yeah that you learn something every day slide Yes, that's it. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, yeah, my my singing skills are obviously not up to John's level, but it's okay. It's all right. Nonetheless, let's get into the Buffalo Bills now. And uh, mm-hmm. speaking of a hit, I guess a, a singing hit. I was trying to make a transition there. That was kind of weird. But okay, let's get to the Buffalo Bills here and talk mm-hmm. about training camp. What's the mood there in Buffalo? I mean, these are the Super Bowl favorites. Fans got to be hyped. Oh, yeah. This is a rabid fan base, regardless of if the expectations are high or low. And they are as high as they can get this season with Josh Allen, an MVP favorite, the Bills, the betting favorite by most sports books, if not all of them. And expectations are super high. I mean, I, I think it's reasonable to say Super Bowl or bust. The buzz at training camp was big. Fans haven't been allowed to be there for a couple of years, so that even added more to it. And just in general, anywhere and everywhere you go, whether it's on social media, in person, people I run into, they're super stoked. And they believe that this team truly is built after showing that they can they can push the envelope and, and get close, that this is the year they go over the top and, and at least return to the Super Bowl and the hope and belief and and they're praying that they finally grab that one after four straight losses in the 90s. I mean, you got to love the Bills Mafia. I love, I love the energy of the fans and watching all the videos the, of the tables breaking and whatnot. Yeah, John, have you ever broken a table? <laughs> no, I have not. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I Obviously, I cover the game, so it's really hard for me. <laughs> to be out there in the parking lot, jumping through tables and then trying to do my job. I mean, I don't want to turn out like that Dodgers reporter who broke his arm going down the slide in Milwaukee (laughs) and then have to like be a wounded warrior covering the team. So I value my health more so than maybe appeasing uh, the extremists of the fan base. As well, you should. I mean, you could always do it after the game. 
you know most of them are broken the good old. there there are no tables to be found that are still standing when you are walking through parking lots so uh i'll never forget after their jacksonville playoff game after the drought was broken first playoff game in 17 years a road game a road game down in jacksonville and it was a war zone of folding tables in the parking lot after the game so yes for me to try to do it after a game, I just don't think there is enough opportunities because everyone is either gone or the tables are already broken. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, well, you are a Dayton flyer, right? Mm-hmm. So That is true, yep. Yeah. yeah. I am. I grew up in Cleveland. Oh, okay. Well, we won't talk about that team right now. I know that's <laughs> got a lot of headlines over there. But sure does. Speaking of the Bills, Josh Allen the consensus number one fantasy football quarterback. So having watched him in training camp, do you believe he will deliver for fantasy owners nationwide? Yeah, I think I mean, he's certainly one of, if not the number one options at quarterback, someone worth maybe bucking the trend and, and selecting early in standard formats. The thing that is really making him number one the past couple of years is obviously his rushing and the rushing touchdowns, which have always been towards the top, not at like a Lamar Jackson level, but he's a prominent part of their goal line packages there. The question is how sustainable is that? And with the addition of even more weapons, like a James Cook out of the backfield, a Jamison Crowder in the slot, and maybe expanding their role and usage of tight ends, does that chip away from his abilities and opportunities at scoring touchdowns inside the five-yard line? That's the real big question. But from a talent standpoint and from a throwing the football standpoint, he's still going to, I almost say, automatically bank it, barring injury, a top five, top three option at the quarterback position. And nothing that I've seen or even a change in offensive coordinator, that's not going to deter that or alter that trajectory here. But again, as we know from a fantasy standpoint, touchdowns are king. And who knows from a quarterback standpoint, if he's really going to have as many opportunities inside the goal line. I know early last season under Brian Dable as the offensive coordinator, I think there was a concerted effort to run him less. And then when they were late in the season, actually found themselves behind New England in the division, and it was go time. We got to push all our chips in the middle, do anything we can to make the playoffs. The back end of that Tampa Bay comeback, even though they lost, that's when Allen started running more. And the rest of the way through the playoffs, it was his arm and his legs that really unleashed that offense to their full potential here. I would tend to think maybe they're more cautious early. You don't want to put them in harm's way. But as the season moves along, I think Allen will probably have more rushing opportunities and maybe be that guy who really pushes you over the top down the home stretch. Um. You briefly touched on a couple of things there that I had questions about. One, we'll start with the running back. You guys drafted James Cook, have Devin Singletary, who played really well last year. One, how does James Cook look? And are we looking at a committee here? Or is Devin Singletary going to keep carrying the load like he did last year? James Cook looks good. He looks explosive. He looks like a guy who really can be a nice weapon in the passing game. But I think that's really where his role is going to stay. He's going to get some carries, but even immediately after being selected, general manager Brandon Bean made it clear it was really harping on his abilities to be a great weapon as a pass catcher out of the backfield and even split him out wide at times. 
So that's where I think his role is going to be, especially as a rookie. I think if you're looking for who's going to get the majority of the carries, especially maybe even down by the goal line, you're still looking at Devin Singletary. So I would rank Singletary in a standard redraft higher than James Cook, but there certainly is more upside with Cook long-term because Singletary is a free agent. So who knows what his where he will be in the plans beyond this season. But if you're looking at just 2022, I still think the number one guy without question is going to be Devin Singletary with James Cook having a role in the passing game. And then a wild card is Zach Moss, a guy a lot of people were more high on than Singletary a year ago. He's looked pretty good, but I still tend to think that it's going to be Singletary and Cook. And maybe if something happens to one of those two, Moss gets back in the fold as the season moves along. But he's not someone I would really have on your radar from a fantasy perspective. I'd go Singletary, definitely number one, and then James Cook. Yeah, that's kind of how I was thinking about it. Well, it's music to my ears, too. We love those Georgia Bulldogs. John, I went to University of Georgia, so it's always go dogs around here. So love to hear when there's a lot of upside for some of these younger Bulldogs. Getting into the league, mm-hmm. I was telling uh, Tyler that I love George Pickens this year, and we'll see what he does as well. But, again, I like the outlook for a lot of those Georgia Bulldogs, yeah. especially the running backs. We know we've seen a lot of success with the, some of the Georgia Bulldogs in the NFL. But, uh, Tyler, you had some other questions about some yeah, position battles. Yeah, more, more position battle stuff. Uh, there's a lot of news coming out of Buffalo showing that McKenzie has really stepped up. And early, there was kind of a drumbeat saying that he could be the number three uh, wide receiver. However, they did bring Jamison Crowder back. And so was that a case that Crowder was just out? Or is McKenzie really making a push to be that third guy? It's a combination of both. Crowder was out for the first few weeks of training camp, and that happened to coincide with Isaiah McKenzie was absolutely fantastic. He was showing things that even though he's been with the team for years – that I hadn't seen from him. He, was, he seemed quicker, faster, more explosive, and that also was because he was getting more opportunities. He claims he's been doing this for years, just nobody's seen it because he's been more behind a guy like Cole Beasley. I do also think Jamison Crowder has a role in this offense. It may not be as big as I anticipated when he was signed in the offseason, but I think there's maybe more of a split between Crowder and McKenzie than many people thought. I don't think Isaiah McKenzie is going to go from a guy that was either inactive or getting 10, 15%, 20% of the offensive snaps a game to 70, 75 as a clear cut number three. I also don't think you bring in a guy like Jamison Crowder and only have him playing 20, 30%. I think maybe they're like a 50, 50 split in terms of who's getting opportunities in the slot. Maybe you just ride the hot hand or maybe circumstances and situations of the game dictate which one's skill set is better for that specific spot and play call in the game. Also that factors in here is McKenzie had the return duties a year ago. I don't think they're comfortable having him be the kick and punt returner and really loading up his offensive workload. But I do think maybe he'll return kicks, not punts, maybe. And then again, give him more of an offensive role, but again, not being the 80, 85, 90% snap count that you see of Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's not going to get the Gabe Davis or Diggs type uh, snap count, but it is good here that he's going to get a little bit of an expanded role. McKenzie has shown that he has, you know, some big breakout games and the ability to break a big play. So I love that. 
John, are there any players we should keep our eye out for having covered them in camp right now and seen a lot of these players that we haven't gotten to see yet? Offensively, from a fantasy standpoint, I, I mean, uh, there is a big question about what Dawson Knox is going to do as an encore from a breakout season a year ago. We understand from a fantasy standpoint, tight ends a really challenging area and a position group here. He was really had a lot of touchdowns. That was a really th- big thing that really had him jump out in front. And we talk about adding as Jamison Crowder, adding a James Cook into the passing game. Well, what does that mean in terms of is someone's load going to diminish? Gabriel Davis, now the clear-cut number two. You expect him to see more targets than he's ever seen. Diggs will continue to get his. But there's only one football. They're not passing it 100% of the time. So someone's not going to get as much love and opportunity as maybe we expect them to. Dawson Knox, though, they brought in O.J. Howard, and I don't think he's going to be a factor at all. So I think from a tight end perspective on this team, it still will be a clear-cut Dawson Knox number one role. Can he do maybe just duplicate in terms of production from a year ago? I think that's a pretty reasonable expectation. But he isn't a contract year, and guys maybe sometimes shine even more when their money is on the line. So maybe Knox could even surpass the numbers he had a year ago. So I know last year there were a lot of talk about Knox having a great offseason and came in in really good shape and really, you know, studied and worked real hard in the last on the off season is that the case again with him this year he's always been a good worker his biggest thing has been inconsistency catching the football he just mm-hmm. had terrible drops his first couple years i also ultimately did a story with him that he was a quarterback in high school he was not a tight end and then he was a wide receiver he goes to old miss transitions to tight end and he's behind some guy named evan ingram with other wide receivers like DK Metcalf and AJ Brown on the outside. There just wasn't much opportunity for him. He never caught a touchdown pass as a tight end in his entire life until he was a rookie in the NFL with the Bills a few years ago. So he's still in the early portion of his time with the Bills, was learning the position and doing so at the highest level of football. I think he's getting a better understanding of the position, how to play it, and he worked with a specific eye specialist with coordination last offseason to really work on his ability of catching the ball, keeping his concentration through. He still had some drops a year ago, but it was certainly more consistent than we had seen. And I think that's going to continue this season here. I think Dawson Knox, again, I would expect the same similar production as a year ago, maybe a few less touchdowns. That's because they're just so unpredictable. But I don't particularly see a drop in anything, maybe a rise. Interesting you mentioned the contract year because we have (laughs) seen so many players. Yeah. You know, they're playing for money. We get it, you know. It's their playing job. Their livelihood. So, great point there with that. Speaking of money, that brings us to the futures market. And the Buffalo Bills are the favorites in a lot of categories. A lot of people putting money on the Bills in the sports books. So, John, would you like to do a rapid fire of some of the futures market bets for the Buffalo Bills and tell us if you think they will either get that category or go over or under in the various categories absolutely fire away here we go josh allen regular season mvp plus 700 he's the favorite in that one yeah i'd I'd put my money on it i put my money on it a year ago i thought that was going to be it the offense hit a little lull and again i think they were trying to find their way of not unleashing him fully with his legs and doing things in a passing situation but i see no reason why with the opponents that they face big games primetime stages, 
And I just think his his status is just continuing to rise. So I, I understand why he's the betting favorite. And, and I would be comfortable throwing some some cash down on that. Win total, 11 and a half. Over or under for this one? It's a good line. I would go over. The first eight games are challenging. The back end of their schedule particularly is not. I think they start off five and three in the first eight. I think you'd have to be feeling really, really good about hitting the over on 11 and a half. I think that that one is more confident than I am that Allen would be the MVP. Yeah, I mean, they get to play my Jets a few times, so. (laughs) Easy (laughs) dub. That's that's an easy two, and I'm a Jets fan, so. All right, Josh Allen, over under passing yards. That's set at 43-20 and a half. What do you think, over under here? I think, yeah, he's been trending upward with the passing numbers. I I think, again, if we're predicting him to win MVP, I think he's going to have to surpass that by quite a bit. So, yeah, I would go over. All right. Fond Diggs, receiving yards, 1,200 yards and a half and a hook there at the end. Um, over or under for his receiving yards? I'm going to go under. Super close. I just feel like maybe they may, they'll be a little more distributed. Maybe he tends to take some of the coverage more heavily. That opens other, up opportunities for other guys like Gabe Davis. I think the Bills have a really good shot of having multiple 1,000-yard receivers but I don't know if it's going to be Diggs is 13, 1400 and Davis is 12, 1300 as well. So I'm going to go under with Diggs. All right. And now the fun stuff, AFC champions plus three fifty favorites. I mean, this conference is incredibly loaded. It is more loaded than I can remember a conference being. It's going to be a heck of a gauntlet. And even general manager Brandon Bean said it before training camp. You get out of the AFC. I mean, you really you really earned it this season. I'm going to say, yeah, because I just feel like they, again, have, have been so close. Kansas City has been the one that they just can't get past. There's other really challenging teams. But I think if they could grab the one seed and host playoff games in Orchard Park here in western New York, that's going to be a challenge for a lot of these other contenders here. So I'm going to put the money on the Bills going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a great point. The AFC got a whole lot tougher this year, too. A lot of movement towards the AFC this offseason. Super Bowl champs! Here we go. Are we going to see a lot of tables breaking come Super Bowl time? They're plus 600 favorites. Yeah, Glendale, Arizona better really stock up at all of their uh, hardware stores (laughs) because they're going to – no one's going to be flying with them, so they're just going to have the most ridiculous sales of tables of all time. If you can get to the AFC, I think you can win the Super Bowl. So that's – that's what I'm going to go with. If I think they're going to win the the conference and represent the AFC, I definitely think there's no other team in the NFC that can stack up with probably any of the other contenders in the AFC. So, yeah, if they're going to go, I think the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. All right. There yeah, we go. I like it. John, thanks so much for joining us on the pre-snap podcast. Really appreciate it. some great analysis there. I'm I'm ready to go do some fantasy drafts now and yeah, take a look some at some underdog. of those bills. Yeah. We do a lot of underdog best ball drafts, John. So yeah. we got that. Oh, those We're are good. Addicted I, to it. So, hey, all right, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, hey, uh, I appreciate the time. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll put my money where my mouth is here uh, now that betting is legal here in New York State. Yeah, we're in California, so not yeah. quite yet, but it is on the ballot. So we're hoping, you it's know, coming. maybe we'll just take some trips to Vegas and we'll be good. John, thanks so much. That's going to do it for today's pre-snap podcast. We'll see you guys next time.